welcome to the AI Spectrum Podcast. In this series, we talk to experts all across Siemens about a wide range of artificial intelligence topics and how they are applied to various products. Today, we are joined by Zahi Mann to discuss AI training in the factory. Welcome, Zahi. Hello, Spencer. It's great to be here. Thank you for joining us here today. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about what got you interested in AI? Sure. So I have a background in software engineering, a master's degree in that, and uh, actually joined Siemens more than a decade ago. And I became part of the Technomatics uh, Simulation Software Group. And my focus along the years, uh, maybe even since childhood, was a lot about robotics, something that always interested me, how robotics are being utilized in various cases. In some way, uh, joining Siemens into that position was already something very natural for me. And I was very happy about that move. About six years ago, I got an opportunity to pretty much land my dream job, as uh, so to speak. And in this job, I lead a new initiative that is focused on advanced robotic simulation capabilities, meaning being able to simulate various intricate uh, environment conditions that typically robots inside factories have to deal with in order to perform very complex tasks like detecting objects and picking that up and so on. So we're talking about camera, vision simulation, and all types of other sensors, including force talk feedback. So obviously that involves a lot of integration with various AI and machine learning techniques and also collaboration with startups in the domain of advanced robotics. That sounds very interesting. I've been interested in robotics for a while myself, and so I can very much understand that sentiment. So it sounds like you do a lot of work with AI and advanced robotics in the factory. Can you give us a little bit background about what you're currently working on? Some of the topics that we are currently working on is to enable the factory engineers to quickly and rapidly ramp up with their AI and machine learning algorithms to be able to deploy them in a much faster and easier way. Since we are coming from simulation, so we are always kind of considering what we, what kind of tools and capabilities we can bring with simulation to help in that area. And this is where we get into uh, the domain of uh, synthetic data, meaning being able to create or replicate a digital twin of the factory, uh, of the parts being manufactured, of the objects, of the equipment, so that we are able to train various uh, machine learning algorithms to perform various tasks, like detecting the objects and detecting defects and so on. You just mentioned synthetic data. Can you tell us what that is? Right. So uh, synthetic data, to put it simply, is any kind of data typically used for uh, machine learning applications that is generated uh, using some sort of computer simulation. It can be tabular data, uh, like uh, information tables about users, names of users, birth date, and so on. And it can also be visual data, like videos, images, and so on, that can be generated out of a simulation. It can be a 3D simulation, a 2D simulation, and so on. But synthetic data in, in the aspect of machine learning also typically is provided together with interesting or relevant annotations meaning to be able to detect within the images or within the tables, within the data, uh, interesting samples and being able to tag them to identify or classify different types of situations within that data. And the advantage of synthetic data when it is being run or being generated outside of a simulation is that we have perfect knowledge of 
the environment being created. So we can also give perfect description of the objects that exist inside the scene. Wow, that sounds very cool. Very impressive to be able to do that all on the computer now. But it also sounds like it could be very challenging because I've never heard about anything like this before. It must be fairly new to be able to do this. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges with using synthetic data? So first of all, I don't think that synthetic data is that far off of what Siemens is doing for many years now, since we are in the business of CAD software, computer-aided design. So we have 3D information of various objects of the factory that is being planned with Siemens tools like NX, Solid Edge, and we have uh, simulations with the manufacturing processes being designed and simulated in tools like Process Simulate, NXMCD, and others. So all of these simulators are essentially generating all sorts of what-if scenarios for uh, manufacturing engineers to check. But what happens now with all of these new trends with machine learning, uh, we actually want the machines to make decisions on their own. So this is where the machines need to actually make a decision instead of that engineer that is planning the simulation or the line. And in that case, the machine would require to get input in a way that it uh, is able to interpret together with some, some labels, some annotations that tells it how to, to interpret that uh, from, let's say, an image. I want to detect certain objects, so I would... I might expect that I would get some information like the bounding boxes of every object that needs to be detected together with the type of object in that image. Well, I can see how that would be very useful to AI training to be able to do all of that. That's just allow the computer or the algorithm to make its decisions on its own. But it, you mentioned that this dovetails with CAD modeling and 3D modeling that we already do here at Siemens quite a bit. Doesn't that present challenges? in its own right, to be able to have all of that. I know not every company will have all of the models and required as well as that. That's, of course, correct. And that's sometimes uh, poses a challenge. And some companies that would require, would need synthetic data for their machine learning training use cases, sometimes go to some service company that is has some expertise in generating uh, 3D scenes of uh, various scenario to be simulated. These kind of companies might use expensive scanning equipment to acquire real-world data in order to replicate that in a digital twin. And I think this is a capability also that we have in some of our Siemens tools as well. Of course, CAD data, if you want to create some kind of 3D scenes, this is, this is a must. I think a lot of uh, customers that already embrace the digital twin and uh, digital digitalization so for them already, this data is typically available. So a move into generating synthetic data is typically much easier than for others. I think for other companies, typically, I think scanning right now is becoming much, much cheaper. And even with an iPhone 12 or 13, you can have a LiDAR and scan an object and uh, bring that into a simulation. Apart from that, I think that uh, if there are other challenges if you want to generate synthetic data, because uh, there is always some kind of a trade-off between how complex it is to create um, an accurate scene that will bring you results with only a few data samples, data points, versus creating something very robust and then that uh, is not specialized to one, one specific case. And there is always some kind of a trade-off based on the use case and, and what you actually need, what kind of performance you actually need from your machine learning algorithm. It sounds like the process of creating these digital environments and setting all of this up 
might be quite challenging at times, but for those companies that have already invested in digitization, it might not be as big of a hurdle. I think you told us a bit about some of the challenges of synthetic data, but can you tell us a bit about the benefits too? I imagine there are quite a few if people are looking to adopt this over traditional types of data. Generally, I think that, you know, if we are about to uh, launch some new AI or machine learning model that will do some work inside the factory, like detect objects, detect defects or anything. The first challenge that we are faced with is how do we actually collect the data that we need to train? Because typically, you know, if you just collect any kind of data of the internet, you can scrape the internet for images and then annotate them. It will be very generic, but probably any model like that will perform not so well in a manufacturing scenario. It has to bring above 99.9% accuracy sometimes. So we would kind of want to fine-tune any kind of model on probably a smaller set of uh, data samples that are collected from the exact environment where the uh, machine learning model will be deployed later on. But the problem in manufacturing is that it doesn't stop, right? We manufacture all the time. And if you shut down a station just to take any images of objects in the uh, real environment, so it means a loss of uh, manufacturing capacity. Sometimes you have to do it off hours. It's always a bit challenging to get that right. If you need to have specialized equipment operated like robotics and so on, so there's always an additional risk of um, all sorts of safety issues or damage to the equipment. If you need to drive a robot based on some AI algorithm and you didn't test it or train it first using a digital twin with synthetic data. So uh, you will always have to do that in a very secure and safe and slow pace. That poses a lot of challenges because it just slow down the process of collecting this data, sometimes to the point where it's not actually feasible to do it. So just looking for a different solution or sometimes replacing that with human labor. Humans are typically able to, to adapt to these situations. An additional challenge is that even if data is collected, so not always the way that it's getting annotated is done in the most accurate or in a correct way. Sometimes annotation work is done by a third-party company or service. Not always that is done in the, according to the right spec. In many cases, it's very hard to detect when images, for instance, are not annotated correctly and you detect it very late only after your model doesn't perform very well. And I think with synthetic data, that problem is really solved because there is perfect information about the scene and the objects. So a simulator can generate the bounding box, for instance, in a very precise, pixel-perfect annotations. That does sound like it would be a big benefit over more traditional methods. So if this was such a big benefit, and like you said, it's not all that different from the kind of cadence modeling and simulation modeling that has been going on in the past, why are we only starting to see synthetic data being adopted recently and over the last few years? I think, first of all, there is a surge in deep learning uh, techniques that typically require a lot of data. Now, there was this statement by Toyota about this number of hours, millions of hours before you can actually get some kind of AI to drive autonomous, autonomous cars and so on. And then I think this gave a lot of surge and hype to the use of synthetic data for autonomous drive. But uh, I think that especially for deep learning, since now we have several well-established network architectures that are being reused over and over. So the algorithms themselves are, are no longer the challenge. They are just tools to be used. And now the data is the new bottleneck. 
having a clean and good data, I think that Andrew Neg, I think, the professor from Stanford, has, uh, is kind of promoting this movement about data-centric AI that uh, is talking that actually now this is the new big thing. How do you clean the data? How do you make sure that you just use less data, not big data, but uh, data with, that is with good quality that solves the problem at hand? And synthetic data is part of that. It, it really helps in getting this clean data and up to the spec of what is actually required. And again, the downside is sometimes if you want to have a very exact and accurate data that matches reality in a good way, so sometimes you have to invest more time in creating a more realistic simulation. You have to put the experts in creating 3D worlds on that and so on, or get a service company that uh, specializes in, that, in these topics. There could also be uh, other approaches like domain randomization where you don't specify exactly the environment and the tools. You actually randomize a lot of different conditions and then you can get uh, some synthetic data with which you can train a neural network to perform a task and it can probably get to some level of accuracy but still miss some cases in the real world. But then you can actually do two steps. You can actually also fine-tune that with a much smaller data set of real images. So you take a pre-annotated synthetic data trained neural network and then you fine-tune that with some real images, but much less, 10% of the original amount. And there are several studies that show that is, this is actually enough. So while synthetic data does not eliminate completely the need to collect data, it can significantly reduce that, uh, even without requiring specialized expertise in creating very dedicated or very accurate simulations of uh, the environment. That's very interesting. So it sounds like you can't completely rem remove the need for real data, but if you can cut it by 90%, that would be a huge asset to a lot of AI deployments. I have done some research in this area myself, and I've seen that it takes hundreds of thousands or millions of images. And if you could cut that down by 90%, I'd imagine that would be quite the savings in time and money. Definitely. I think that simulation can even go, uh, you can completely replace in some cases with uh, simulation, but it, it's just a trade-off as always. If you put more effort into the accuracy of the simulation, having all the objects lighted correctly and textured correctly and all of that. So this is like, you know, all, all of these movies from Pixar, you know, everything is kind of, uh, they, they really invested a lot in that simulation. And the result is amazing, but also the investment is amazing. So... We see that now the real need is to change models all the time or refine models all the time because parts are changing, scenarios are changing. Sometimes conditions are changing a bit, like difference in uh, lighting conditions between day, daytime and nighttime at, uh, inside a factory and so on. I see. So it sounds like there is a balance there of how much time and money you want to invest in the simulation versus how expensive it would be to just stop production and take some real pictures and stuff. And I would just imagine that's part of the, the balance of choosing when you want to use synthetic data and when you would go back to the more traditional methods. Is there something there? I think if you want to choose synthetic data or want to at least examine the use of that for your use case, uh, I think you need to validate that this is something that is actually possible to, to simulate in, in a feasible way without requiring too many new adaptations to the simulation. Sometimes you can look out and there are many kinds of simulations for many types of uh, use cases that might be already solving your issue. 
So that's always something uh, to check. If you have to develop your own simulation, it's always worth to check if you have the skill set in-house to develop these 3D worlds, or you want to maybe outsource that to some service company to do that. But uh, in, in some cases, especially when you have to, let's call it, replace the part that needs to be detected maybe uh, several times a month, the effort of doing that over and over again just might not be uh, worth it. So it might be worth to develop some kind of pipeline that in which you just fine-tune or retrain with few images every time that the part changes, and then this would probably uh, yield better results. But it really depends on what's the, what's the implication of the machine learning task at hand. If you, your network is supposed to detect some defects and the cost of not detecting some defect is very, very high and can span across hundreds of thousands of uh, different parts that are being manufactured, it might be worth to run a simulation, a very exact one, and build it to, to actually generate proper synthetic training data for that, to get a much accurate model for that. So it's really a question of return of investment, I guess. That makes sense. Really, we've discussed heavily the uses of synthetic data in the factory and how it can be used to really bring AI to the next level. But are there some other potential uses of synthetic data as well? Is it limited to AI training and for factory use like this, or can you do other things with it? Synthetic data can be used, uh, in essence, also for validating how well your algorithm performs within a simulation environment. So let's say that we have a robotic station that uh, where the robot needs to detect parts and then pick them up and place them inside some machine. Uh, suppose that I have a digital twin, a simulation of that station. If I can introduce a virtual camera into that digital twin that is fed with uh, synthetic images generated out of that scene, and I already have a machine learning model that I trained for uh, detecting maybe the pose of every object. So I can actually test that within a simulation environment. Does the robot, is the robot able to reach and pick these parts? What is the throughput of that station? And I can answer many other questions that are interesting with respect to the ability to manufacture and produce these parts and get to the right throughput that is required as well. So it sounds like synthetic data can also be used in conjunction with the digital twin to speed up validation for robotic systems. Right. And eventually, if you do that together with the digital twin, it, it saves you a lot of time because you actually save out all of these issues that you might have found only when you actually commissioned the, the physical system. So I think that's, that's where the real saving is. Okay. So before you actually commission the real system, you can test everything. You can test your algorithm and coupled together with the types of sensors that you are so using in the scene, together with the specific uh, robot software and so on, everything can be actually executed within the simulation in the digital twin. Well, that sounds like it would be a huge asset for really any manufacturing company or companies in general to be able to do all of that just on the computer, just completely digitally like that. So is there anything else of interest that you've been working on recently or that's even outside the company that's relevant to this that you'd like to talk about? There is one product that we are really excited about that we are currently working on. And this is a product called Synth AI, Synthetic AI, that's a short for that. And this is a product that allows anyone to just upload CAD files of uh, his own part or object. And we created a complete pipeline running completely inside um, the cloud. 
that allows him allows eventually to generate synthetic data with the uploaded part. But not only that, also uh, train various types of machine learning models that uh, are able to detect these parts inside images. For instance, detect bounding boxes or detect instance segmentation of that part, meaning which pixels actually this part is actually uh, inside the image. So we can actually color every pixel by the type of part that uh, is underneath it, in, in a sense. So this is, I think, first solution that I saw that really covers end-to-end -end from the car directly to a completely trained model that you can download and eventually also deploy on an edge device in the factory to be able to detect the objects. And this system is already being used by some early evaluators, uh, which are really uh, reporting to us uh, amazing results in the ability of this to, to kind of accelerate the deployment for various use cases like throughput analysis and uh, completeness checks of assembly and, uh, and several others uh, to detect parts for a robot to peek inside the bin and so on. That sounds very interesting, but I think we're about out of time here. Once again, I have been your host, Spencer Kane, and I would like to thank Zaki Man for joining us here. Thank you, Spencer. This has been the AI Spectrum Podcast. Thank you.